Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from quince. Ooh, Mm -hmm. okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hello and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm Dori Shafrir. I'm Kate Spencer. And we're not experts. But we're just two friends who like to talk about serums. We sure are. But we are just two friends. I, I skipped the we are. Oh, yes. Important part of the script. Indeed. Thank you for correcting that, Kate. <sighs> you know, I just had to take a second go at it, Dory. We've only been saying those words for a year and a half. It's true. And sometimes they get stuck in my mouth. It happens. You're looking very springy today. Well, you know, I'm finally like feeling the fire of spring. I'm into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm Dory, I'm wearing a, a She's wearing a very dress. pretty dress. Yeah. It, it's it's very warm here in sunny it Southern California. It is suddenly warm. Um, the air smells like beautiful flowers, mm-hmm. like jasmine and orange blossom. Mm-hmm. Chrysanthemum. Mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. in the, I'm, I'm feeling the spring spirit. I'm in black. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most Dory Shapiro <laughs> moment. Oh my God. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dory, well, you know, my mom, my mom used to wear black to weddings. Oh, that's like a, summer I weddings. That. Yeah, she was hardcore. So I love a good black dress. I mean, you can never go wrong in black. It's true. Are you not feeling the spring spirit? No, I am. I mean, I, I'm wearing a dress, yeah, also which like, was my nod to the spring spirit. Your li- clothing options are limited. This is very true. I'm also wearing sandals. Yeah, so you're in the spirit. Also black. Also black, but I'm in the spirit. You do look like you could be working at a very chic downtown art gallery. Oh, why? Thank you. Like that you. is your definite vibe today. Thank you so much. In my humble opinion. I mean, this is the Miranda Bennett dress I got for our South by Southwest. It's really great. And uh, it's a nursing dress, It right? is a nursing dress. It has snaps. Gotta love a snap. So I could just bust out the boob anytime I want. Well, someday soon we're going to be recording this podcast with your boob out. I mean. And a baby out. Maybe a baby out. Maybe just a boob out. Anyway. I'm sorry, I just really took us on a journey. How anyway, are hello. you? Well, in addition to feeling having a spring in my step, if you will. <laughs> And I do. Uh, I'm okay. Uh-huh. I'm coming off a deep health anxiety spiral, which mm. listeners of the podcast have already heard about. And um, But I'm feeling I'm coming out on the other end of it. Okay. I had a really intense therapy session about it. Okay. Where my therapist like really kind of made me like address th- some things, mm. like push through what would happen if all my health anxiety fears actually came true. Ooh. It was really interesting. Yeah. How did you feel? Weirdly, like, relieved. Okay. Weirdly relieved. Yeah. Sometimes, like, sometimes it does help to sort of play out the worst case scenario. Yeah. And, and truly, like, she was like, and what if the worst thing does happen? Mm-hmm. How, what are the steps that you'll take? Yes. Like, what are, and it was like, oh, fuck, like, this is really intense to yes. actually think about. Yes. And, and think about in a way that is also, like, weirdly practical. And yes. not just me having a really deep emotional panic attack about something. So it was it was very interesting. This is what I did with IVF. Really? Yes. Like just on your own. Yes. That's right. I remember when we talked about it on the podcast. I played out the worst case yeah, scenario. I remember that. And then I was like, what would I do? Yeah. And then I calmed down. It did help me feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I should also say that I went to this therapy session wearing this new sweatshirt that I bought that just said feelings on it. And my necklace that says anxiety. Oh, yes. And then you came over after. Yeah. My therapist was like, I love it. (laughs) And then my husband was like, I love your sweatshirt. (laughs) Um, But you know what I actually also did last week is I took a new exercise Mm. class. Mm. So something that I have been doing in my new journey to connect with myself Mm -hmm. is think about what exercise. I love love physical movement. Mm -hmm, I like mm -hmm. exercising. And what exercise brings me like real pure joy? Yeah. And for me, that is dancing. Mm-hmm. And I used to take some variations of like basic dance classes and I hadn't, haven't done it in a while. And I went to one, one morning last week mm-hmm. and it was bliss. It was so great. Dance is the best. Well, I thought of you like while it was happening. And I thought of all the videos I've watched of you at Broadway dance class because I do go on their Instagram and try to find you in the audience. Euphoric videos. It is a euphoric. It's such a euphoric feeling. And this class, it's um, if you're in Los Angeles, it's a dance class called Pony Sweat. And they have a few instructors and it happens uh, at a few places, mostly on the east side of Los Angeles. And it just was so joyful. It's a really inclusive, welcoming space. Um, all, uh, you know, 
everyone welcome. Everyone supported. The instructor was amazing. And it was challenging. And That's I like amazing. rocked it out. Yeah, you did. And I never, I was, you know, there were many times where I shuffled into somebody because I didn't quite know the moves, but I never felt judged. You know, you've gone to those classes where you're like doing it wrong. Yes. And it's not a safe space to mess no. up. But this was, and it was so much Aww. fun and I really loved it. So I'm going to go back. Yay. And I'm going to just keep trying to, you know, like, dance is something I haven't done in a while. And I really love a group dance class. Yes. It's very invigorating. I know you do. Yeah, you are preaching to the choir I know, here. I, I truly, you were on my brain because th- this was like dancing to like pop music mm-hmm, and like Robin. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was like, what would this be like dancing to show tunes? <laughs> would I be as into it? I don't know. Look, I am not into musical theater. <laughs> but you're into the movement. Yes. Which I'm is into awesome. the joy. Yeah, the joy. And truly like exercising because it feels joyful mm-hmm. has not been my frame of mind for a while. Yes. It's been like exercising to like tone up or like because I'm going to want to eat a big meal. I should ex- right. should burn 500 calories. Like right. all that just fucking toxic thinking that I am still very attached to and I'm working on. So any way. Do they take video in this class? I mean possible they didn't i don't okay. think it was posted online All but right. i can i'll well, share the instructor's instagram with just you gonna look for you i mean Dory, it is a scene i'm like you know one of the tallest people i'm really my limbs go very long i had looked into taking this class at one point and i think i decided it was too much of a schlep for me well you know once this child makes its appearance on earth and you're mm-hmm. feeling like some movement i will take go with you all right Okay. You will see a new side of me. I can't wait. How have you been, my friend? In addition to embracing spring with an all black ensemble. <laughs> this is really my true essence. It honestly is like your purest form. It I is. love it so much. It's funny. This came up on Excellent Adventure once when I just like offhandedly said something about being a sullen teen. And Matt was like, what do you mean? You were a sullen teen. And I was like, do you know me? Like, <laughs> seems like the most obvious. Thank you. <laughs> like, I feel like, what did you, what did you think I was like as a teenager? What did he say? I, he, I guess he didn't realize how like dark I was. It was very strange. Wow. Yeah. He's a glass half full kind of person a lot of times, I think. Except right? then he's not. I don't know. It was weird. Well, you're a full glass to him. Oh, that's so nice. Uh-huh. I'm going to cry. Do it. Um, well, I went on my solo baby moon last week. Was it amazing? It was amazing. Um, I went to a resort, essentially, outside of Santa Barbara. By yourself? By myself. For two days? For two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, it was beautiful. I didn't leave the hotel. Why would you? Why would I? Where would you go? Exactly. I was like, well, then I'd have to like get my car and drive somewhere. I'll just stay here. Um, I so, love the solo baby moon concept. Yeah. You know, it was, it was really nice. I took baths. I got a prenatal massage. Yes. I just treated myself. You had a cheese plate I saw? I had a cheese plate. I was like, I'm going to eat dinner at the bar. Oh, the best. Oh, oh, the best. And then I was like, I'm going to get a cheese plate for myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to really live a little. You are living large. I am. I got a mocktail. Sorry. I love all of this. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, so it was great. And then when I came home, Matt had put together the Ikea dresser and day bed. And it looks fantastic. Cause I, we, it we looks get to fantastic. See it. it, they, they almost killed him putting it together. <laughs> yes. And so the crib has not been built yet. The right? crib has not been built yet because he was trying to fix an amplifier of his and he picked up an old amp that weighs like 75 pounds and he threw out his back i mean the new baby needs that amp so it's important for the exactly i said you better fix that back of yours before (laughs) you're bending down to pick up a baby comes um but prior to him you know throwing out his back he put together these very complicated ikea pieces of furniture if you ever want to like truly get into your soul yeah i mean at one point i texted him and i was like how's it how's the dresser going and he was like we're not speaking he and the dresser oh we're not speaking that's a big ass dresser it's huge it's eight drawers yeah my we've my husband and i have put together that same dresser it's the hemnes the hemnes dresser a beautiful dresser it is a lovely dresser the hemnes line at ikea um and the the day bed is also from the hemnes line i think we have one of our kids has a hemnes drawer set right now i mean it's gorgeous it's also cheap i would say it's affordable yeah like Compared to, especially compared to all the other furniture I was looking at. No, and Ikea furniture's pretty nice. Some of it is. Yes, you've got a kind of, it's trial and error. I mean, this yes. table we're sitting at right now, this dining room table is Ikea. Yeah, but it's actual wood. It is actual wood. Like, I think as long as you stick to some actual wood, you're fine. We should do a whole episode, not just about Ikea, but in Ikea. Ooh. Do you think we could walk around like this? And record an episode in Ikea? Yeah, probably. Both Lane and Sammy are nodding. Yeah, we could also do an episode in Costco. The problem is the sound would be terrible. It would, especially in Costco. Sammy's now actively nodding. (laughs) So it might annoy everyone. Okay, but maybe in the cafe afterward, we could meet up. We could do a walkthrough of Ikea and then... Okay. We'll talk about this. Take this off the air. I'm down. Okay. Um... So I was very grateful that he had done that. It took him a very long time. He basically devoted two days. Yeah, that's a lot. To putting them together. Way to go. Um, Way to go, Matt. And it must feel good because you have been feeling a little bit unsure about getting everything done. Totally. seeing that done. You put the baby's clothes away. I put the baby's clothes away. I did all these. I washed all his clothes. I washed everything from newborn to three months and put it away. Great. And then I, then I labeled everything. I saw Dory. You were really, there's a drawer for newborn clothes and then there's a drawer for zero to three months. Also, I should point out every single piece of clothing is a hand-me-down. Oh, I have bought nothing. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a few, there's like a few onesies that were on my registry that people bought, but I have not bought anything, which like feels great. All the hand-me-downs are super cute. Yeah. Hand-me-down baby clothes are the way to go. Right. Um, so I labeled everything. There's a short sleeve onesie row, a long sleeve onesie row, pajamas, and then I got these drawer dividers Where from did you Amazon. Get those? Amazon. Can are you can you share the link? Because I need oh, some. Oh, I shared okay, thank it you. on our stories. Oh, it's on there. Yeah. Okay, I'll go back. I'll, I'll put it in our highlights so it will be readily accessible to all. Well, thank you. You're so welcome. Um, I love drawer dividers. I, I do have them in my dresser. Oh, they're the best. Um, so I'm feeling good. And then I got the mattress for the day bed. I got bedding for the day bed at Target. I got the mattress on Amazon. 
like it's all coming. I took a nap on the bed today just to Break test it, it out. <laughs> it's very comfortable. I, I believe it. So yeah. So I'm feeling so much better about that whole situation. Like I'm at the point now where it's like, okay, even if, even though the crib's not put together, if the baby came, it would be fine because we have a pack and play and we have the baby dome. Which did not exist. The baby dome is a new invention. When I had children. <laughs> the baby dome. It's like a tiny circular flat little thing. Like it's a like a flat... mini pack and play yeah. with a with a cover. To protect it from the sun. Oh, okay. It so has it's for SPF. Outside. Oh. Mm-hmm. You can take it like on a picnic. I can't wait to see that baby dome in action. To the beach. Oh, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I go on so many picnics. You do. You're always picnicking <laughs> always at picnicking. the beach. Yeah. You can't stop picnicking. Um, yeah. So at least like I, I'm, I'm just feeling much calmer about that whole situation. That is what we want. Um, we had a prenatal meeting with our doula. Dory, explain what a doula does. So this is a birth doula. So she is just going to be assisting during labor. She'll come, like if I go into labor, when I go into labor at home, she will come when I want her to come. Um, And then she's with, she'll go to the hospital with us and then she'll be with us the entire time. And just kind of like guiding us through things and being our advocate with the doctor and the nurses, supporting Matt, supporting me, giving me like comfort positions. We're going to talk more about we are. this on this episode. Yes. Throughout the whole episode. Throughout the whole episode. Today. So yeah, you know, just I guess heads up anyone for whom pregnancy talk is upsetting or triggering we will be talking more about pregnancy yes good, on this app. good heads up um and i'm also trying to get back into easy cooking because i had found myself myself slipping back into a pretty expensive takeout habit you want a penne arrabbiata recipe sure it's very easy okay it's really good i just made it for lunch all week great i can't hook you up with okay, that. Okay, I can't wait. Um, I made it a great frittata. I saw you whipped it out when you got to my home. I was like, here's my frittata. Yeah. I made a great salad yesterday. You know, so then I would say be gentle on yourself here. The takeout habit, you're 30 something weeks pregnant. It's true. You know, standing and cooking in a hot kitchen. Yeah. You know, it's okay if, you, right. if you're relying on, I mean, great if you're feeling passionate about cooking, but also like so you're getting takeout right now. If it's yeah. within your means, it's okay. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. 
Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Super Power Short. The Super Power Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that my, thing every day. I do too. Uh, it's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? No, no. I was just <laughs> going to say like, I, I, I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. The bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it like, could be. Yes. Also like summer sweat under those underwires. It's like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking. I'm going to toot my own horn. Effortlessly chic. Whether it's winter or or summer, they've got premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast 
But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I'd love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm hearing those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes, Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. Our guest today is Erica Chitty Cohen. Erica, we're so excited you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Let me knock out this bio so we can tell everybody who you are. Erica is a doula, educator, and author. She's also the co-founder and CEO of Loom. Loom provides empowered education from periods to parenting. Erica began her work in San Francisco, volunteering as a doula within the prison system, working with pregnant inmates. And she went on to build a successful successful doula and health coaching practice here in Los Angeles, and has been featured in Women's Health, Vogue, Goop, The Cut, and Marie Claire. And she has guided thousands of people in their transition from pregnancy to parenthood in her practice and through her book, Nurture, A Modern Guide to Pregnancy, Birth, and Early Motherhood. Erica currently teaches... Kate, did I really just say that you teach her? I do, though. (laughs) Erica currently (laughs) teaches and sees clients at Loom, focusing on periods, sex positivity, fertility, and pregnancy. And we are super, super pumped to have you with us today because we love all those topics. The the whole the whole jitney is that that's that's right. The whole. Shebang. shebang shebang yeah we'll go back to shebang yeah <laughs> the jitney all i know the is a caboodle okay <laughs> yeah kitten caboodle. The whole, yeah. Um, i feel like my dad gave me so many of those yeah words that might not be real, real. like our parents made them up <laughs> totally. yeah yeah well those. and i can speak to erica's wonderful abilities because she taught half of my childbirth class <laughs> that's so cool yeah it was really amazing do you feel like you're endowed with everything you could possibly know about childbirth? 
Yes, and my husband now knows how to give me a massage. That's the most a, important a labor thing. appropriate massage. Mm, very good. So it's, it's it's all I could. It's all I can exactly. Like if there's one thing I could take away yeah. from the class, yeah. that is it. every partner, every support partner knows how to gently exactly rub down a birthing a person. And, yeah. Yes. Child. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Small well, but important skills, indeed. <laughs> Erica, can we st- kind of just start from? the like beginning of you getting into being a doula and what kind of got you interested in what your experiences have been like now providing these services for many years? Yeah. So, you know, my kind of untraded doula work actually came from me deciding that kind of working in the PR kind of fashion art area space was not really for me. And you had also gone to culinary school, yes. right? So okay. before <laughs> many lives, many masters, um, I went to culinary school before I went to college. Uh, I had a very supportive um, home economics teacher in high school and um, food was a big part of our home. Um, mm-hmm. My mom actually also went to culinary school when I was like seven, oh, six, wow. seven, somewhere around there. Um, but the doula work kind of came from my interest initially in midwifery and I was doing all my nursing prerequisites to apply to this master's program in San Francisco. They have a really fantastic program at UCSF. It's a MEPIN um, program, which is a master's to entry midwifery program. So if you already Mm -hmm. have a baccalaureate, you can basically uh, do all the nursing prereqs and then go through the program. It's two years. It's accelerated. Um, And It's an amazing program. And so en route to prepping for that, I found out about doulas. And for me, what I loved about doulas was that they are focused on the psychoeducational component of the process. They're really helping people discover what's going to be best for them and Mm -hmm. helping them become the best possible advocates for themselves. And I really loved that because I consider myself to be a pretty decent communicator. Um, I like taking big concepts and kind of diluting them down to make them easy for people to digest. And I love building relationships. And I really saw that, okay, that's really where doulas sit, as opposed to clinicians like a midwife or a nurse or a doctor. They're going to be focusing on vitals. They're going to be focusing on all of the physiological happenings within the birthing process, which are absolutely key and vital. But I I loved the emotional space and the educational space. And so for me, I really – and where I really hope – you know, care is going in the reproductive space in general is this kind of more person-centered care where the clinicians and, you know, lay people and educators like myself are kind of working in tandem to be able to give people, um, you know, a more holistic and not holistic in like crystals, I'm in the woods, but like holistic, like, hi, what are you eating? How's your relationship? Mm -hmm. You know, what's going on? Or do you have, you know, trauma? You know, how do we kind of give you, uh, you know, a competent, um, you know, healthcare uh, and just care experience. For listeners who might not be familiar with doulas, mm-hmm. can you explain what they do? Yeah, so doulas essentially are typically, sometimes we have co occurring, you know, uh, competencies or certifications or backgrounds, but essentially they're typically a lay person that is providing support, educational support to a person moving through different reproductive experiences. So there are 
birth doulas that work with people during their pregnancy and labor and delivery. Then there are postpartum doulas who typically work from delivery to about eight weeks of life of the baby, not the mother. <laughs> Even though the focus is actually of a postpartum doula is to really mother the mother and to tend to her or um, mother the parent previously pregnant person um, if they don't identify as female and then uh, there also are abortion and miscarriage doulas who can support people as those transitions are happening whether it's actually being there during the process or following up with them uh, as the kind of process unfolds and the idea really is we're not typically answering clinical questions we can kind of help triage and be like you need to go to your care provider for x y and z but we're ideally creating containment um, for the experience because the experience has so much activation and oftentimes trying to offload that experience with someone who doesn't have a lot of experience within those experiences Mm -hmm. can feel like a major barrier. So the idea is when people are leaning into us and asking us for our support, we do a lot of normalizing um, because a lot of the physiological events that accompany any of those experiences can feel very um, dysregulating for someone Mm -hmm. and it's your first time. But when you've, you know, supported a ton of abortions or been to a ton of births, you know, you kind of are like, yeah, this is actually par for the course. Um, so that's really how doulas function. Cool. Uh, we, I also have a podcast with my husband about infertility and IVF. Yes. Um, and we have always said that there should be more infertility doulas. Yes, 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 yes. A hundred percent. I'm sorry. Can you, make that, can, you, can you just like make that happen? <laughs> yes. Well, actually, so we have fertility coaching at Loom. And so I do act as a fertility coach or educator or doula, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, the doula model of care being we're looking at your entire life and seeing how all of that plugs in. So when people come to Loom for fertility coaching, I'm not necessarily, you know, breaking down with them whether, you know, IVI or IUI or, you know, IVF is going to be the best direction. But we're kind of just looking at how are you dealing with all of this constant decision making yeah, um, and all of this anticipatory energy and all of this catastrophic thinking. You know, yeah. how do we like integrate all of those pieces and just kind of maybe have a laugh about it or have a cry about it? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what else can we do to kind of better support you as you're continuing to be in this grueling um, yeah. experience, you know, that's so valuable. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about why you started Loom and what Loom's kind of role is in the whole fertility, birth, et cetera, community? Totally. Yeah. So my co-founder and I, Quinn Lemberg, started Loom because we felt that there just wasn't anything like it, you mm-hmm. know, and there still there still isn't. Um, and I, I, I think we both felt that the kind of reproductive experience particularly pregnancy and parenting, which is kind of where our departure point was. Um, I, I always say this, so I feel like I, for anyone who's heard me speak anywhere else, I'll be like, she's always saying that. But um, <laughs> it's, I felt like that, we felt like that industry was kind of like stuck under a pink dust ruffle. And it was like, you're pregnant now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's just like, here's your lazy boy. And like, here's right. your, you know, what to expect with your expecting, which I really hope that at some point that cover gets redone. Because when you look at women on that cover it's just like i don't know if i want that experience exactly i want something i i haven't even i don't have that book i See, haven't even seen that cover exa- good work yeah, Dory. just thank move, you yeah, just just moving on just moving on <laughs> but the idea is we just thought why can't the experience of you know getting pregnant having a baby learning about your body um you know navigating that first year of parenthood feel like any other experience that you enjoy in your life like a good mm. dinner like a nice trip like a you know, uh, an experience that you resonate with. Because for us, I think philosophically, we believe that 
health education improves your health outcomes. Even if you don't necessarily have a positive physiological outcome, I think understanding what's going to happen to you and and, and feeling more supportive there is going to be a better better experience for you. And we really felt like it would be great to just like lower the barrier of entry Mm -hmm. to health education so that more people are like, that seems kind of cool. Like maybe I will take a class there, you know, because most people prep more for their driver's license, their wedding, um, you know, you name it more so than getting pregnant or being pregnant or their period or even their, you know, their sexual health. People are just kind of like, I guess it'll just kind of happen. And Mm -hmm. so much of that has to do with, you know, the culture, especially in the United States. It's so tamped down and it's so, you know, there's kind of this like religious undercurrent. There's this patriarchal kind of override um, that doesn't really make a lot of space um, for us to feel comfortable even wanting to ask questions i think quinn actually said this the other day um she was just like you basically are you you are shamed for wanting information and then when you ask for the information the the exchange is is also uncomfortable and shameful Mm -hmm. um and loaded and so i think that's really what loom is trying to kind of stave off is making the desire for education feel aspirational and fun and cool and then also you know meeting people where they're at you know we want to give people as many options as possible we don't have a specific thing that we think is the right thing um you know i i always feel like our the model of the curriculum which i created for i I basically like wrote all the curriculum for most of our classes um is always been from a harm reduction standpoint. So harm reduction is like a term that's typically used like in the addiction space in that, you know, we're trying to bring you to norm in the, Mm. and do the least amount of harm to you as possible. Right. So especially with pregnancy, you know, there's this idea of what the norm is or what the right thing is, but to try and bring someone to that, you can do a lot of damage. I'm sure you've just even peripherally had that experience of people being like, oh, this is the right thing. Or that's the right thing. You're like, I don't oh, totally I'm just like, oh, yeah. leave me be. I'm going to yeah. definitely going to get there. Just, I want to do it my own way. Yes. And so the hope really with Loom is like in every single class, um, regardless of whether it's pregnancy, period, sex, whatever, parenting that we are, you know, helping to instill autonomy but we're giving you like a nice cabinet of options and everybody can just you know feel comfortable within their own experience mm-hmm. as opposed to being like yeah this is the only way that you can you can do this sorry i'm such a gesticulator my hands are everywhere <laughs> but i'm gonna figure it out so that i don't everywhere yeah um can we talk a little bit about accessibility to doulas yes. because um i was very fortunate to have uh, a doula at both of my births birth is what is with me today it's good it's wonderful i mean i have two kids maybe that's why (laughs) how old are they they're six and eight yeah so they're they're big are they home now too is it spring break they're no okay we've already passed that all right (laughs) (laughs) they are they are home just like living their life okay at school um but i'm i'm I, i feel like one of the most challenging things with our healthcare system and just the way you know women are treated in general is that we don't often have access to things that are available to us especially um, for in a low-income situation so I'm curious uh, what can we what can women do to have access to these wonderful things that you offer something like a doula um, but if, if they don't have let's say the financial means necessarily to get one what systems are in play or what are you hoping to see come into play so that a doula could be something that everyone 
could have it at childbirth or at a miscarriage or whatnot and not have to think twice about it. Mm -hmm. Well, I think from a macro standpoint, it'd be really great to see insurances uh, or insurance. Everyone says it differently. Um, You know, support uh, reimbursing doulas for their services. Um, There's enough empirical information now that lets you know, that will let clinicians know that having a doula in the room does help reduce, um, you know, interventions and helps to kind of support a more positive outcome, uh, regardless of the, the kind of the way that birth goes physiologically, but just the the patient reporting that they felt better in the experience and say not having a doula. Uh, so th- that would be great to see, you know, some, some, some states are doing a better job than others in order to kind of build that into something like Medi-Cal or Medicare so that there is that accessibility. Uh, but I think we have a st- still a little bit of a long way to go. I do feel like, you know, as a consumer, there is a lot of power there. I think the more consumers are going to their insurance companies being like, you should be covering this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's where we can kind of see, you know, more and more traction um, for people that are, you know, low income and, you know, and even for people that are just like on a budget and they're just like, I want to do it, but I don't really know how we're going to figure it out. I really always like to say that, um and again, not to be overly gendered, I think female identifying people do have um, a maternal or a sisterly quality to them, whether or not they've ever had a, a birth experience themselves. And so, you know, if you have a a friend who, um, you know, kind of holds that space in your life and they're willing, you know, it's pretty easy for them to, you know, read my book or, you know, read The Birth Partner by Penny Simpkin or, you know, most doula trainings aren't that expensive. If they, you know, you wanted to put it together with your shower to like get your best friend a doula training and she could go do it and then she could be your doula. You know, a lot of it in, in terms of obviously experience is, you know, very helpful and being able to know that this person's been to tons of births. But, you know, if that's not something that's within your economic reach, I think there's there's a lot of ways to kind of commandeer your family and friends, um, you know, if they if you're in resonance with them and you actually want them in the room um, to kind of stand in for you. So I think those are that's that's sometimes a, a good way to go. When we're talking about family and friends support, what are some of the things that family and friends can do for people who, let's say, are going through pregnancy loss um, or infertility? I feel like we get this question a lot, Mm -hmm. people wanting to know how they can support their friends. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, it's such a sensitive issue. Uh, I think oftentimes, you know, as a friend, you don't want to, uh, you know, pry, you don't want to be too cloying. um, And you also don't want to be too overly sentimental, because there are people who believe and feel very comfortable that a miscarriage is just their body's kind of natural way Mm -hmm. of, you know, taking care of something that might not have been, you know, vital might not have been right. Um, And with with infertility, again, you know, depending on how many times they've been trying or for how long, it's just like, do you want me to keep checking in with you? Right. Um, So I think my best advice is to actually try and have pretty transparent conversations that aren't necessarily about the details of what's going on, but just asking, you know, do you still want me to check in with you about Mm -hmm. this? You know, Um, it's it's, it's kind of similar to when someone passes away, you know, when someone's grieving, you're kind of like, well, like, should I keep asking? And it's like, just check in. Be like, how are you doing? Do you Mm -hmm. want to talk about this today? Just know I'm always down to talk about it anytime that you want to. And we also don't have to talk about it. Right. So it's just creating this very, like, you know, even valence of just want to, got it. Don't want to, fine. But just keep checking in about where they're at, you know. Um, And also just understanding that sometimes, uh, 
you know, if someone doesn't want to talk about it, that's not a reflection of you. Like yeah. you're not being a, you're no longer not a good friend because they're not wanting to divulge about that part of their life. Because sometimes at the beginning of the, say the infertility process, there's a lot of divulging. You're like talking about it all the time. Yep. And then they're just, there's a cap, you know, and sometimes, and, and, and sometimes certain friendships can become just a container for this experience. And that relationship that, that the other person in the relationship, so I'm speaking as like the friend who's taking in the information, you start to feel like this is what the relationship is about. And then if mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if they stop trying for a little bit or they don't really want to talk about it anymore, it can create like a like a weird kind of energy like shift in the relationship. And you're like, OK, well, how do we kind of find our way back to something more normal? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just anticipating if you are the container right now and you're getting all of it, it might not always be that way. And to kind of prepare yourself for your friend to potentially want to shift gears yeah. and to kind of, you know, disassociate from that thing and just want to go back to kind of the way it was. Um, so just being open and flexible around either taking a lot in or none, but just always checking in about like, where are you at Yeah, with this? If that's helpful. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's really great helpful. advice. Yeah. And, and I think also as the, on the friend side, I think it's really smart to suggest like preparing that they, the other person might not always be offering the info in that way. And that can sometimes feel like, oh no, what happened? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just thinking about that is really a really smart thing to consider. I hadn't thought about that before. Yeah, it's just kind of like, uh, it's like an, it's an empathic thing too. It's like it, it, trying not to take a lack of information sharing personally, yeah. because I think a lot of myself anyway, I, I definitely have lived a lot of my life kind of evaluating my value in relationships to how well this person thinks I'm taking care of them. And mm. so if if I'm not like inner sanctum getting all the deep secrets, I feel sometimes like, oh, maybe, maybe are we still okay? Like, is this relationship still working? Um, and I've, I've been doing a lot of work around just feeling more anchored around that their decision to divulge or disclose um, isn't necessarily a reflection of the relationship. You know, like it's okay for you to not be in this active caretaker mode all the time. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm, okay. Which is okay. I visible know. on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, One Skin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel, I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, Mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their Mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with 
all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm-hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving, that sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. What about partners? Mm. How can they be supportive to people in pregnancy um, or in other fertility related situations? Yeah, I think a desire to learn, you know, so I think kind of even pre-pregnancy just around um, just the menstrual cycle, I feel that partners, male identifying, you know, uh, or otherwise, uh, should just take an avid interest in how the cycle works because it impacts them. Yes. You know? Go on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I'm just, oh, yeah. Yes, like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I feel the same way because I, I think it's kind of just like, oh, like you're bleeding now. So like maybe we like won't really have sex right now or maybe we will because some people get a little bit more aroused when they're on their period. But there's a lot of just like focus on like the bleed and then, you know. So essentially, there are four different phases of your menstrual cycle. There's when you're bleeding, which is menstruation. And then there's the follicular phase, which is right after that. Um, And that's usually for about 10 to 14 days or pre-ovulatory stage. Then you ovulate. And then you're post-ovulation and you're in your luteal phase, which I've really been working hard to share with people that that is the phase. And you might have you know, sharper symptoms during your luteal phase that are kind of forecasting that your period is coming. But I'm really focused on trying to just shift the narrative around PMS and having people engage more with the terminology of the phase as opposed Mm. to like, I'm PMSing, like you're just in your luteal phase and here are the things. Um, So I like started a little hashtag called I'm luteal on Instagram. (laughs) So just if you are 10 to 14 days from bleeding, you are luteal. So share thank you um but with 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 partners i would love for them to know all of those different phases and be able to support their partners um you know in kind like in our house my my husband doesn't doesn't use the word pms he's like you're definitely luteal like what's going on like do you need this do you need that uh and i do feel like just it takes me off of being defensive yeah. Like there's when someone says oh, you're PMSing, like it's really negative. It's like a bummer, you mm-hmm. know, and you're just like, no, or like, yeah, you know, you immediately want to interact in an aggressive way. Um, and I think language is everything. And so just leaning into available language that is less negatively connotative would be super helpful. Because I think as women, we already are already so hard on ourselves and it's all the whole system is built to make us feel bad. Yeah. So like wherever we can just like reclaim a little bit of space and like new language to like talk about ourselves, um, I think is great. And so like for I share my period tracking app. I use Clue. Um, 
love Clue. And I share it with my husband. So he like knows what is going on. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to get pregnant right now. It's just like a general kind of ecosystem check-in so that the reproductive experience is not solely my burden. And I feel like that's how it should be in in most partnerships. And I actually think most partners are interested. It's just our system didn't set them up yeah. mm-hmm. to like, it's like to want to know. I mean, I feel like we're in this time where like pop sci is like really cool. Like people want like, this is great pop sci. Like, here you go. Like, here's how it yeah. works. And they can like, you know, tell their friends. And well, even like it. going back to, I remember in like fifth grade, sex ed, we were separated by with boys and girls and the girls went off to learn about periods and I don't know what the boys went off to learn but like why couldn't the boys also learn about periods exactly um but what you say about language just made me think about when women refer to themselves or other people refer to women as hormonal Mm -hmm. I feel like that's also such a dismissive term yeah 100% like what is what does that mean and why are you diminishing my feelings in that way yeah totally and i think the word hormonal you know it it could be reclaimed and co-opted differently because as people that have uteruses we do have hormonal variability mm-hmm. through the month so there is kind of like you know pre-ovulation you know estrogen or estradiol and testosterone are kind of like running the show and then post ovulation it's a bunch of progesterone which is like sleepy drowsy slow digestion like low motivation yada yada so we are hormonal but Mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing it's just our we live in a patriarchal society that does not really support the kind of ebb and flow of of our bodies so i was i think i was uh i can't remember where i was talking about this but i'm really interested in like what the matriarchal workplace can look like and because we don't actually know and a big part of the matriarchal workplace actually has to do with talking about cycles and not just being like here's a great you know parental leave it's like okay that's all great but pregnancy is a experience that we can see Mm -hmm. so we really want to do something about it Mm -hmm. right but you know menstruation and other kind of hidden reproductive experiences like endometriosis or fibroids or all these other things that are happening that are affecting you know women or uterine bearing people in the workforce aren't seen and if we're trying to invite more and more women into you know higher and higher you know areas within you know the workplace we've we've got to really fix the system a little bit because then another hidden you know kind of reproductive experience is menopause or perimenopause Mm -hmm. so if we're not talking about like this stuff now then you get there and it's also just like oh she's going crazy like she's losing it you know and that all of that is 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 the issue so it's like i really see and the, and the work I'm really interested in doing through Loom with, you know, we're interested in expanding and doing a digital platform, but also going into corporate spaces and startup spaces and just trying to kind of lift the veil off of, you know, periods, cycling, menopause, pregnancy. So it's not this like, you know, this like malady that we have to like, you know, create some kind of, you know, human resources plan around. It's just like it's happening to people. So how can yeah. we, you know, better support them? Kind of jumping off on that, can you talk a little bit about the kind of um, unspoken quote unquote rule of not telling anyone you're pregnant until you're out of your first trimester? I found that 
I don't know like why that's passed down as the like unspoken law of pregnancy, but um, I started telling people earlier than that. But what what I found mostly was that I was suffering through some really serious, like you know, through all the symptoms of pregnancy, but doing it silently because I didn't want to tell anyone. But at, at some point, I'm like, why? What are am I not telling people to save them from grief if? This pregnancy isn't sustainable. Like I, I, I don't know how that started and what we can do to really transition out of that and be, as a society, more comfortable communicating when we're in early pregnancy, um, talking about it. I, I don't know. This is kind of rambling question. No, but. it's not rambling at all. I mean, I think you're you're spot on. I mean, my really dear friend, um, Dr. Jessica Zucker. She started. Uh, she's a uh, psychologist and she started a platform on Instagram called I had a miscarriage Mm. and I I mentioned her first because you know miscarriages are pretty common actually especially for women you know kind of like 33 and up I believe Um, it's it's quite common to have a miscarriage under you know say 10 weeks Uh, and the idea is that you know once you're past the first trimester there is more viability um, of the fetus and you know you know it's the idea is it's easier to kind of tell more people now because we think the baby's going to right the pregnancy is going to maintain I don't necessarily agree with that I think again this is this will differ for people depending on what culture they come from depending on what religion they are because there are certain cultures and religions where you just you don't really talk that much about the pregnancy because it's it's you know there's like superstition and like sacredness Mm. and all of that Uh, but I think if you're just like regular schmegular and in the middle and really not understanding like why you can't talk about it um, I really would kind of encourage you to challenge that because my feeling is we need community around all of these experiences so if you do happen to have a miscarriage you know in that early stage I I would think that you would want your community to be able to show up for you and to hold space for you because even if you only are a few weeks pregnant once you the pregnancy is no longer there you are going to go through a hormonal shift you are going to have like almost like a kind of a minute postpartum experience and so having people bring you food having people check in on you um would be awesome you know yeah um and so for me I think I don't know where the genesis of that comes from. I do think it's connected to the idea of not feeling comfortable talking about the the loss if a loss does happen um, and just being nervous there. But I do think that it's shifting now more and more. I think more people are wanting to speak about it earlier. Um, And I think it's I think it's a good thing because it just creates more community, more support and permission when you hear someone say like, oh, I'm only four weeks and like, I'm like really excited, that's going to land for someone else and give them permission to potentially do that themselves when they're in that position. So I think it's just we have to kind of lead by example with that. And um, I, I think talking about it is is, is probably a, a good thing if that feels, you know, in resonance for, for you. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. want to assume that everybody would want to do that but yeah. it seems like there's this you know what i'm saying yeah like, yeah yeah this weird yeah like I mean, don't talk t- about it on yeah the like we've touched on this a little before yeah. um with angela garbus mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean as as someone who did go through ivf and and talked about it really publicly i found that I was glad I talked about it publicly, like when I had a chemical pregnancy, because people were really supportive. And I think I would have felt really alone and mm-hmm. isolated if I had no one to turn to for yeah. that. Yeah. So I'm I'm all in favor of 
People just letting it out. Letting it out. But like, if you don't want to, that's fine too. That's yeah. But having the, having the option, I think, yes. and creating a space where you get to make that cho- choice isn't totally. culturally made for you, I feel like is so important. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about your own personal self-care? Because as a caregiver, I mean, essentially, t- in in my mind, that is a lot of what the work is that you do is giving care. Yes. So how then do you take care of yourself? What are your self-care practices? And what do you do when they get neglected? How do you bring them back into focus? Well, you know, I I definitely am a workaholic. I love work. Um, also happen to love the work I'm doing too. So it's not just the process. Like I, I, I'm passionate about the work. So, um, so it's, it can, the self-care thing can go out the window sometimes, but my, my feeling around it is my approach to self-care is very aggressive. So I gotta, I gotta get in there. So whether <laughs> it's like therapy or it's, you know, taking a long bath, I'm really into baths. I love like a good soak, like I'll put magnesium flakes in there. I'll put essential oils in there. I also love listening to music. I find music is just like such an escape for me. Um, I usually work listening to music. I Well, sometimes one thing I did the other day that I was like, why haven't I done this sooner? <laughs> I So I'm a big Ariana Grande fan. Take it, leave it. I'll take Doesn't it. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but I, you know, woke up. So I, we have a Sonos system. Um, shout out to Sonos in our bedroom <laughs> and my husband left for work and I've been like playing um, uh, what's on it uh, ghosting like on I have so I have another thing I will play songs again and again and again and again uh, just because I there's there's some kind of alchemy to listening to something like a hundred times like it just really like moves through your system somehow so I woke up and I just like blared the song Blair ghosting on the on the Sonos and just like put the covers over my head and just stayed in bed and just listened to it really, really loud. Like it was 630 in the morning and it was just so nice. I was just like, this is great. Like full blast ambient music in the morning. And I was like, I got to do this more often. It was kind of like my own like sonic meditation. Like I think everyone finds their own way to like chill out. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. And it was just like more... I, even though I have a younger brother, I were like seven, we're six years apart. So I kind of feel like I was an only child for a little while. And so I have a lot of like only child, like self stimulating things that I like to do. And like, I like to just be alone. Um, so that's a part of my self care too. I'm as much as I'm very, uh, kind of like outward and and obviously the job requires a lot of communication i have to have a lot of time alone mm-hmm. you know just like sitting at home not seeing anybody love my like you know my tv shows it's got a real good penchant for some trash tv um not trash tv but my favorite show rupaul's drag race so good. forever um, i'm a huge drag race fan uh and cooking i think cooking is a big um space for even though like you know hand to the to the wind i don't really have a lot of time to cook anymore because my hours are so crazy um and it was kind of hard for me to like admit that to myself i just recently admitted that to myself because in my mind i'm like i cook a lot and i'm like no no i don't (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to cook more uh but just cooking and um dancing and listening to music in the kitchen like while i cook is really nice uh and i also like wine but not on a it's like more like a weekend thing for me but i love really 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 good wine mm. um and we're lucky that there's just so much great wine in the city um 
and my good friend Helen has like a wine shop and I can just go go in there and get anything that anything in there is always good um so those are my things and I, I said therapy too right yeah 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 I and, I, and, and, I, and I work out too but it's only two days a week okay that's all I can do all right. that's but you know what that's that's it that's, that's it. great yeah. yeah um you gave a great interview to into the gloss where oh, you yes. talked about your 70-30 rule. Oh, yes. Could you talk about that, please? Yes, <laughs> because the fact is, as much as I love my clean, non-toxic beauty products, so great. But there's, like, stuff that just works that's not that good for you. And I really think that if 70% of the time what you're putting on your skin is healthy, low toxicity, etc., then like 30% of the time it can be a little garbagey because it's perf- has performance. So it's fine. You know, that's kind of how I, I, I balance it, out. especially with lipsticks where mm. they're, where you're like just craving pigment and you're yep. just like, this is. Or like a long wearing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There are things. So, yeah. And I feel like because most of my major dailies are clean. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it, it's like the little slivers. You know, and also I um, locked my hair, I would say maybe I, I went natural. Um, I really don't love that term, but that's what we use in um, in the black uh, lady hair community uh, maybe eight years ago. And then I locked my hair about six years ago. And so that cut down my exposure to like perms right. and like relaxers and stuff like that, which are I mean, that is that really is crazy because that that is so toxic. Yeah. And to, like be having that like since you were like, you know, five or yeah. six, you know. Yeah. Um, so I really feel like that took away kind mm-hmm. of like my biggest toxin exposure. Um, but yeah, I think the 70 30 rule easier. Don't be so hard on yourself. Just, you know, toothpaste, maybe clean body oil, clean, you know, base foundation. Maybe not. And you're a biologic Biologique recherche. Oh my gosh. Person? Oh my gosh. Because so is Dory. I mean, I'm right there with so you. So let's, let's talk about it, okay? Let's talk about our love for P50 1970. I mean, I'm just going to let okay? this connection happen across the table. Okay. I mean, I'm let's not, I'm not using it now because right. it's really not pregnancy. And that is my only pregnancy fear is when that has to go. When yeah. that has to go and I have to switch to the other thing that doesn't burn. I like the burn feeling yeah, on the face. Yeah, it doesn't burn. We yeah. just, somebody else we just talked to is also like a 1970, like specifically that yes. formula. Lo- yes. Loyal to a T. Yeah, loyal to a T. And I love my retinol. So gotta, you know, just whenever that whenever that spirit baby comes down the pipeline, we're just going to put those products yeah, to the side. I mean... It is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, the other thing I'm I'm really loving that I just started using um, is Vintner's daughter, uh, the face serum. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yep. Yep. It's, yep. yep. it's real nice. good. It's real nice. Real nice. Real, real nice. It's like a real expensive thing, but you know, again, it's super clean, and it's like it's going on your face, and. You know, I, I, it just, it's really, really great. And it smells really good, too. You got to counteract yes. the phenol. Yeah. <laughs> got to go in there and extract it. <laughs> but, you know, I was emailing with April, the founder from, from Vintner's Daughter, and I told her uh, kind of what my product regime was. And she's like, you know what? She's like, I used to be a really big Biologic Recher fan, and you'll be really happy with how this product works because I built it to try and be, like, the, oh, oh, wow. like the cleanest but high-performance, you know, 
face oil. And as soon as I just knew that she liked BLO, she was like, you know what? Right. I'm going to try this. Yeah. You get me. You got it. <laughs> you understand what's going on. I'm like, don't, have, and I don't, it's like, I don't have a, I don't have a huge, like, skincare uh regime i'm pretty like simple Mm -hmm. uh but i just want everything to work yeah yeah that's not too much to ask no that's all we want in life yeah right Mm -hmm. and my uh the woman who my like esthetician sensei jen kramer corrective skincare love you um got me on glycolic salicylic acid pads which are in my 30 because they're not exactly ideal for your face but mm-hmm. they it totally stopped my um acting in its tracks wow yeah because i hyperpigment and uh you know for me it's not that there's like a ton it's just like whatever shows up is just like mark 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 so it's been a very lovely like two years of just not having not having that happen anymore so hey wow you've got a good like a Good system. I feel like you have it figured out. Figuring, I'm all. I love a life hack. <laughs> I'm like, how? I'm like, can I? Can you make it easy? How much easier can this be? I'll do it. Well, Erica, it has been such joy. Oh, it's over. It's this so fun. A, I know. What a treat. I could talk to you for another like ten hours. Totally. <laughs> this is so fun. Um, but thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Where can our listeners? find you in the interwebs and also in real life if they're local to the LA area. Totally. So in real life, you can find me at Loom. Uh, not all the time, but it's on Pico and Cochrane, and we've got all of our classes and our coaching there. And the two classes I teach are our periods class and our sex class. And then I also um, co-facilitate KIN, which is our uh, LGBTQIA group for uh, folks that are planning to conceive um so if you come to those any of those classes you'll see me and um and if not you'll see one of our wonderful educators at another class and then on the internet i'm just my full name erica chitty cohen on instagram i'm also on twitter i am not a great tweeter but i'm trying i'm actually just enjoying following the news and the memes on there and then um loom is this is loom on instagram and this is loom.com thank you so much thank you thanks ladies So, Dory, last week you had intentioned mm-hmm. that you were going to relax on your solo baby moon. I checked that box. You did it. I did A it. A plus for you. Thank you Even so much. Don't give out grades on this podcast. No, we don't. But, but you would get one if we I did. Would. How is your meditating going? Eh, I'm kind of doing it when the mood strikes. Okay. Um, but it has really helped. Oh, good. And like just knowing that it's a tool that I have, I think it would really help manage my anxiety. So I'd like to keep it going. Okay. Yeah, I'm working on it. All right. But also trying to do it in a way where I'm not passing judgment on myself. Uh huh. Mm. It's a fine line. I mean, I love passing judgment on myself. <laughs> it's like my number one hobby. Uh, what about this week? What do you got going on? Well, Dory, my husband is out of town for work for about the next three months. Yeah. And which is okay. Like we are totally a team and our kids are like a part of our family team and we have the means to kind of, you know, if I need to get a babysitter, we can afford to do that. You know, like it's okay. Um, but I have to kind of find my footing a little bit mm. in terms of um, not having him here yeah. as like my, you know, as my co-parent and my co-partner and just my like dude who yeah. I like having around. So I'm just kind of finding like, my rhythm Mm -hmm. and you know I have to like really stay on top of stuff since I'm the only adult in the house so I'm the one doing all the things and um 
you know, that sometimes if I don't just like sit down and get it done, it'll be like 11 o'clock at night and I'm just like kind of floating around doing things and then I'm tired the next day, yada, yada, yada. So just really kind of finding my new schedule, mm-hmm. my new footing, if you will. Yeah. So just so like, you know, my kids, everybody's, we stay functioning. It's a lot. It is a lot. But again, like I feel pretty fortunate to be in the situation that we're in. Like our kids are old right. enough that like, for example, on the weekend, they get up, you know, 7 a.m. and just go right and they know how to turn that TV on and I stay in oh, bed. You know, it's not like I have two, a twin newborns or something. Totally. So I'm all good. How about you? Well, you know, we're getting down to the wire here. Dory, it's soon. <laughs> it's it's happening. It is. <laughs> it's April. Holy shit. I mean, by the time this airs, it'll be really soon. I'm excited. And I need to like, you know, I need to pack that hospital bag. For some reason, I'm like having a nervous heart racing situation right now. It's soon. <laughs> it's so soon. We've been doing this podcast when from a point where you were like, again, like planning out what what, what you do if you didn't get pregnant. Yeah. And you did. And I did. And here we are. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Why am I taking this on? I don't know. But I'm so no, excited I, for you. I, thank you. So yeah. So my intention this week is to really like start that final baby prep. Mm-mm-mm. So here we go. What food do you want me to bring after you give birth? Do you want to wait and decide after you have the baby? Oh, you're so sweet. I mean, I like to bring, I love to bring food. Do you want McDonald's? What about In-N-Out? Oh, I was going to say. Oh, like I'll make something too. I was going to say, what about a lasagna? Oh, yes. I love a lasagna. Your lasagna is so good. Oh, can I make that mushroom one? Or would you like a meat one? Well. How about two? I mean, I don't know. They're both so good. Everybody, you heard it here first. I'm going to make Dory Matt two lasagnas. <laughs> two lasagnas coming right up. That oh. would be fun. I would love that. I, I That'll make giving birth so exciting because I'll know that there's lasagna at the yeah, end. Just push that baby out and then dive right into cheese and yeah. noodle. Speaking of, I'm sure you saw the news about the Garfield phones. Oh, that they were like appearing on shores yes, everywhere? Yes, in France. And then turned out a shipping container had like... <laughs> been shipwrecked in the 80s i had a garfield aquarium where in oh. his belly you put the fish it was dope oh, oh that's so amazing garfield paraphernalia still got it still yeah. got a well, it's definitely a choice a whole set of garfield pez dispensers anyway well, okay we went off but we're okay. back all right i'm gonna cook you food you're gonna pack a bag i'm gonna f- make a schedule and we're gonna be okay i can't wait friends you can always call us, leave a voicemail, 781-591-0390, or email us at forever35podcast at gmail.com. You may join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever35podcast, and the password there is serums. And if you like this show, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, or mention us on social media. And just a reminder that everything we mention on the show is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. Oh, I have to tell you one more thing. Yeah. Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio and Lane Hammer's our assistant. Whew, I almost forgot. Oh my goodness. Bye. Bye. Bye.